right, guys and gals. I got a little bit of a dust voice this morning, so I got some water up here. Anybody else feeling that? Feel like you got the chest cold? Yeah, that's it. That's part of the fun, though, right? Pound the allergy pills. God made those. Those chemicals, you know? We just refined them. Anyway, um, super excited that uh, you guys were out here this weekend. Uh, such a such a great time. Uh, I want to personally thank the Hume crew for just the hospitality that you guys all have given all of us. Yeah, give them a hand. And the Ruts crew, same thing, helping with all the stuff, organizing the races and doing all the things that have been uh, super fun for us all to enjoy and, and be safe and uh, also be able to connect. I'm excited about, um, I know some of you have met new folks here. And you've uh, hopefully started connecting and maybe will connect as you go out. I know some guys are still going riding this afternoon, which is awesome. And I uh, want you to, you know, to, to push in a little bit. We've been talking about traction, right? No, no surprise there. The idea that Jesus provided traction when he provided forgiveness. That his forgiveness is nothing that can, anyone can take away. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that takes that traction and removes it. And it isn't traction that only looks good for the straight, but it looks good when you go to have to make those cuts. It looks good when you have to avoid the ruts. We've talked about how, you know, you've got to take the traction he's provided. You've got to lock it in. You've got to stick it in so that it goes into your heart, into your mind, and then comes out. And when it comes out of you, that's when you know that it's real to you. Because it's, it's stuck. It's down in there. It's locked. If things get harder, you know that it's going to still be the thing that connects you down and gives you traction in life. And we talked about the most important element being the powerful spirit indwelling. That is the only means by which you can do this thing called living the Christian life with traction. You cannot do it if all you do is recognize Jesus said, uh, you know, offers you forgiveness, or you recognize that he's powerful, and you recognize that his instructions are good. It actually is submitting, giving up your life, and saying, I, I want to I empty out my tube with all the air, the bad air that I got, and I want to actually be filled with you. And that's a one-time event. But then we have to pay attention to him as he rolls with us. It's not that you're getting more or less of the Spirit as you continue walking with God. It's that you're paying attention more or less to the Spirit as you walk with God. And that's that whole idea of being filled with the Spirit. And today we're going to finish up the first section of, of Romans 8. And in Romans 8, we've you know, heard these great truths for us. And I'm just going to read it all in one breath, and then we'll, we'll go through it. It says this. After it talked about how you're not of the realm of the flesh, the realm of the rebellion, but you're of the realm of the spirit. That is submissive to God. It says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. You hear that word? That's not a word we hear a ton in church, is it? Obligation. <laughs> we need an obligation. It says we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. It's not to rebellion. It's not to frustration. It's not to all of the fruits of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 outlines the fruits of the flesh. Malice, greed, selfishness, 
immorality, all those things that our culture just wants to say, you know what, that's what's going to actually make you feel like you have traction in life. If you're living out all the fun, all of the, the enjoyment, all of the stuff that makes you feel better about yourself and for yourself, all of that stuff is not what we're obligated to. We're actually obligated to the fruit of the Spirit. That is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Right there in Galatians 5. Galatians 5.22. And so it says we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God, and the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, adoption to daughtership. But by him we cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if we are the children of God, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And that is a great passage of Scripture. And what's great about it is it gives us this great hope for the future that we are the children of God. Continuing off of from Exodus 4.22, when God comes to Moses and he says, look, I'm going to set my people free and my people are the children of Israel and they are my children. And it's using the same exact phrase for those that are in Christ, those that have made that confession of faith, that have recognized I needed traction in life, only he could provide it. I submit my life fully to him and I allow him to take control of what I think, how I feel and how I react. That's one of those things that, that we have this obligation towards and an obligation that we're also given the power to fulfill. And that's one of the great things about God. God never expects anything from his people that he's not willing to do himself. He asks us, he tells us, you've got to die to yourself, but who died first? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I covered that earlier in Romans. And the idea being that when we receive that, when we've been changed, we've been totally clicked into a whole new position of righteousness before God, not based on us, but based on him, then we have an obligation to live it out. And living it out comes to all the things, our actions, our thoughts, and our reactions. And the reason I say that is because does anybody in here ever get caught off guard by something and then just react? I know I do. And it's like when you're on, even when you're, when you're riding, that's a really, really helpful thing, right? As long as your reaction is controlled and it is good. You see something, what's the first thing you do? If you see a big rut, you punch that gas, pull back, try to lift that thing and only hit it with the back wheel. If you don't, what happens? You sprain your thumb. You get in that rut and you go down, huh? Buddy of mine did that yesterday. It's hard. These ruts out here, they take you out. But here's the thing. Your reactions can either be productive or they can be extremely unproductive. Your reactions can either be where you just are flying off with, 
what would have been the old part of what you should be pushing into, the, the obligation to the flesh, but now you're, you're saying, wait, I, I don't want to react in the flesh. I want to react in a spirit. And here's the thing that I think is a key to all of this. And this is one of the most important parts. And that's why I'm super excited that Dirt Camp is now just Dirt Camp, family Dirt Camp. Because there's another element that helps provide traction. And it's one of these, right? This thing is what actually gives the, the motor transfer, the power transfer from the wheel up to the to the case and everything else the, the, that's running the transmission and running down from there. Everything that comes has to come through this. Here's the thing. If you look at this one, it's pretty thin. It's missing a few teeth. But check out this one. This is what we call the shark fin. This sucker's rounded out, right? This sucker needs to be replaced. It needs to be chucked away because it's going to start slipping soon. And if your chain isn't tight enough, it's going to be slipping already. And here's what's important about this piece. You notice that there's not just one tooth on it and it's just running around. There's, tooth, there's teeth all over this thing. I want you to take a look around. Look around the people around you. People you came with. People maybe you met for the first time. Each one of those people represent a tooth in your life to help you gain traction. If you push into people that are actually in right form and can help you, then they will push you along. If you lock into people that are missing teeth, <laughs> no pun intended if you're missing teeth, but if you're locking into people that have no, no desire to walk with God or know God, then you're not going to gain much traction. That doesn't mean, however, that we don't ever associate with people that don't know God. That is absolutely our call. It's our joy. It's our privilege. That's what Jesus did. He came and he said, all of you broken teeth, that's why I'm here. I'm here for the broken teeth. But you know what he also did? He took 12 guys and he said, you guys, you guys are going to give me life. You guys are going to sit under my teaching. You guys are going to walk with me. I'm going to teach you what I know, and I'm going to show you the way of truth, the way of God. And so he surrounded himself. I want you to consider something that most of us don't consider. The Bible, the New Testament, I hope you read it. I hope you listen to it. If you don't like to read, here's a great clue for you, something that I do all the time. The YouVersion app on your Bible. You can just hit that, and it actually reads to you. It's a wonderful thing. If you're not into reading, if you have a hard time reading, you can still have the Word of God infused in your heart and mind by someone else shedding it over your heart and mind. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it all over. But in the New Testament, you're going to hear a, a, a word all the time, and it's the word you, Y-O-U. And when I hear the word you, I think of, oh, they're talking to me. But here's the thing about the New Testament that is, is kind of, if you can shift things, most of the yous in the New Testament, aside from the pastoral epistles, that is, epistles in the New Testament, the letters that are named for a person, like Timothy or Titus. If they're written to someone by Paul, then that is a singular you. 
all, all just almost exclusively all of the other yous are actually all y'alls. They're all y'alls. It's everyone. It's not you particularly. It's a plural you. And why does that matter? Because the Christian life was never meant to be run by yourself. It was actually meant to be run with teeth, the people around you. And so how do you live with a traction-based life because of the work of Jesus that he's accomplished on your behalf, because of the work of the Spirit that he's given unto you, and he says, you know what? Here's what you do. You don't have an obligation to the flesh. You have an obligation to the Spirit to live according to it. And here's what you all are. You all, all y'all, are children of God. And so find yourself some people that have good teeth. Find yourself some people that you can surround yourself with. That's why I love, like, the, the Ruts crew and other cells of people that are saying, you know what, we like to do some things together. We like to tear the, tear the desert up. But we also like to remember that we often need to sit under and be torn up by the Spirit of God where we're running off course and get back on course, and we can support one another in that. And the great thing is because we've all received forgiveness, we don't do that with judgment. We don't do that with harshness, but we actually correct each other and hold each other accountability with gentleness and love and mercy. And when you have that, it's not a reaction that's flying off the handle with frustration. Well, why in the world did you do that? It's a reaction that walks up and says, brother, I know who you are. I know whose you are. And I want you to come with me back to where we should go. You see, that's how you gain traction because it's easy to lose sight sometimes of this, especially when it's dusty. I was riding behind um, a couple of guys that are a lot faster than me. My son and a friend of mine, we were riding along, and I'm right behind Matt, and I had to slow back. Why? Because there was so much dust, and I'm not that confident on a dirt bike. And I'm like, oh, I got to see what I'm going to see because there was some big rocks out there. That was you? All right, that was you. <laughs> Throwing up the dust, can't see, so you got to hang back. If we're in the middle of the dust, it's really hard to see our traction. But if we have someone who we can pin on, we can see, and someone who we could say, guide me. I noticed that the other day, too. It was fun because I was I was on a side by side on the on the loop and I had just had the map in my hand, man, because I'm just cruising. Right. And all y'all riding the bikes, you're just stuck and you're trying to see which way to go. And so I was able to just see very clearly where the turns were, where the markers were, what the course was and to run the course. And then it was easy for the two boys behind me to follow because what? I was running the course well because I could see it. And then they were able to run the course well, even though they were dealing with a much more difficult terrain because they were riding a bike and I had four wheels. And that's the Christian life, folks. You sometimes need someone ahead of you who's run the course already. They've already experienced what you've experienced. They've had their teeth set in. Their chain, their linkage, it's all working right. And you look to them to show you how to plow through the most difficult things. And that provides you the traction that transfers to the power. And the power of God is that, and I don't know why he did this, 
But God actually said, you know what? What I'm going to do and how I'm going to change the world and how I'm going to bring people to the understanding of who Jesus is, is I'm going to take a bunch of jokers and I'm going to change them. I'm going to take a bunch of rebellious people and I'm going to flip them on their head. I'm going to take a bunch of people that were self-centered and I'm going to make them other-centered and God-centered first and foremost. And when they see that, then the whole world will pay attention. And that's the good news of the fact that in Christ, he's provided everything we need. And in Christ, he's provided other people that we need, that we need. So I just want to challenge you and encourage you as you leave from here, as you go back home, as you get back into the routines of stuff, maybe even within your own family, how are you providing each other traction? How are you providing each other accountability? How are you providing each other with the means to say, you know what? Go this direction. Lock in this way. I want you to Turn from those things. Don't turn from those people. Those people need love. They need encouragement. They need direction. But don't fall into the, the desires of the flesh, the desires of rebellion. Fall in line with the desires of the spirit because our obligation is not to this world and not to the things of this world and not to the things in this world that are wrong and opposed to God. But actually, our obligation is to the spirit and the spirit gives freedom, freedom from sin, guilt, death, shame. And ultimately, he gives eternal life. And the best thing you can do for someone else is to remind them of that. Encourage them in that. Walk with them. And I'm not saying that everyone in your life is going to be a sharp tooth ready to go. But here's the thing. If you don't have anyone in your life that's doing that, <laughs> your change is running around. And it's not getting any traction. You got to have some people in your life. You got to sit under some people that are willing to ask you the hard things, that are willing to encourage you in the hard things, that are willing to tell you, look, this is who we are. We're people with the powerful spirit indwelling us. Let's stop living as if he doesn't exist. Let's stop living as if he doesn't matter. But let's run the course and the race that he set out before us. Because as we do that, we will live in the joy of being together as the children of God all being empowered by the Spirit of God to bring glory to God. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Don't forget, you have traction. Jesus provided it. You see through the Word of God how to lock it in. If you don't know, start reading it. Start listening to it. Start asking others how. You have the Spirit who has indwelt you if you've made that confession of faith. That is, I, I'm no longer going to ride this race on my own. I want to sit on you and your power. Lord, I give you control. You take control. Lay down your life and then surround yourself with people that are going to remind you You've been forgiven. You've been removed from that life. You've been turned away from those things. You no longer have to live in death, but you can live in life because that's what God gave you. And if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you, then you can run the race. You can live the life. 
And so as we close, I just want to encourage you, find some people because they're already your people. If they are God's person, then they are your people. And if they encourage you, be encouraged. Invite them to encourage you. Invite people into your life that are willing to say, hey, bro, pay attention. Hey, gals, I saw what you were posting on Instagram. Hey, whatever. Someone in your life who's willing to say things that you don't want to hear because you know that you love them, they love you, and they want to glorify him. You get those people in your life, and you will see all of the things that God provided start to create more traction in your life, and you'll be running above that soft sand just hauling. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the encouragement from it. So grateful that we have an obligation, Lord, but that obligation doesn't feel like an obligation because through your spirit you empower us to desire what we should desire and to pull away from what we shouldn't. Lord, so grateful for these people. Just pray that you would just give them a blessed day. Those that are going to continue riding, keep them safe. Those that are driving home, Lord, pray for all the equipment, all the trailers. Lord, I pray for trailer tires to have no issues today. And, Lord, I pray that we would just return to our homes, return to the places where we, we spend most of our time, Lord. We, we would return with an encouragement that you've provided traction and that we need to live in it. Lord, so grateful for your love. So grateful, Jesus, for your sacrifice for us. And so grateful, Spirit, that you indwell us, that you encourage us, that you pray for us, that you, you empower us to live out the truth of what we know of who you are by grace. Amen.